Welcome to the Front Porch Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. Today's broadcast originally aired back on December 30th, 2018. It seemed very timely, so we decided to play it again for you today. Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. Thanks for listening today. And uh, Pastor Margaret, if you'd like to just tell us a little bit about where we're going today and where we're going to be at in Scripture. You know, we usually have someone on um, Front Porch Talks and interview them. And occasionally, Grayson and I just sit down and have a conversation, and that's what we're going to do today. And I have a devotional that I would like to read. I think it just gives us a good place to start um, as we look into the new year. And the scripture of this devotional, actually it's just one, uh, one verse from John 19, verse 28. And I've, it's actually in a series of devotions that speak to Uh, Jesus' death on the cross and the things that he said. And on this particular devotion, it's talking about the divine thirst that he had. And uh, the scripture, John 19, 28, is Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scripture, he said, I am thirsty. So the author of uh, this devotional, who is actually, his name is J.R. Miller. The title of the devotional is Closer Than a Brother. He says, here we have our Lord's fifth word on the cross. It was just before the end. All things belonging to his work as Redeemer was now finished. He had suffered from thirst all the terrible six hours that he had hung on the cross, but he restrained his anguish until his task was done. Now he gave expression to his desire for drink, the only word on the cross that referred to his physical sufferings. Someone reached up to him on a stem of hyssop, a sponge which had been moistened in the sour vinegar that stood there. It was an act of kindness and pity, and it was the only mark of human tenderness shown to Jesus in those hours. We cannot but be thankful for this small ministry which must have given momentary relief to the holy sufferer. Earlier in the day, at the moment of crucifixion, he was offered drink which he refused. That was a numbing drug, a deadening wine mingled with myrrh and wormwood. It was offered with the intention of dulling his senses, that he might not be conscious of his great suffering. He refused it, because he wished to preserve the clearness of his mind in the hours when he was making atonement for the world. This drink offered now by the soldier was not medicated wine and was not a sedative in its effects. He needed refreshment to strengthen him for the great final act, the giving of his soul up to God. All the experiences of Jesus Christ which reveal human need and suffering Bring him very near to us. Since he suffered hunger and thirst and pain 
and weariness and sorrow, he is able to sympathize with us in all our experiences. He knows what we feel, for he has not forgotten, even in heaven, what he himself endured in his incarnation. Well, Pastor Margaret, as you were reading that, a couple thoughts that come to my mind is just how focused Jesus was Mm. toward the end. And I think he was not focused on his suffering. Certainly it was important that he fulfill why he came Mm -hmm. to this earth to save us of our sins. Mm -hmm. And uh, he cared about us. And I know Dad said before that while he was on the cross, we were on his mind. Right. And uh, certainly he wanted those thoughts to be on his mind, as you said. He wanted his mind to be clear. And also he wanted to fulfill all of the over 300 prophecies that were told about him in the Bible. And I uh, remember um, a message Pastor Adrian was preaching a few Sundays back. He's talking about how many prophecies that had been fulfilled about people and over 300 prophecies, one person fulfilling all that many prophecies that Jesus was the only person in history that had fulfilled that many prophecies that were told about him. So uh, that's just some of the thoughts that I had. He didn't want to put into question, so to speak, his integrity or the Lord's integrity also. Right. And so I think they were trying to mock him Mm -hmm. and offering him that drink but they were also trying to get him to compromise. Right. You know, when they were trying to get him to call down um, the angels from heaven to save him and telling him to come down off the cross to save himself, those were all attempts to try to get him to veer off course, so to speak, on what the Lord had for him, what his father had for him. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Any way they could try to get him to give up and any way to make him give up in those hours and be succumb to uh, what they wanted. And I think about in the garden, you know, we know that he didn't want to suffer. You know, he said in the garden, you know, Father, if you can take this cup, take it. Yet not my will, but yours be done. And uh, in these moments, uh, when he could have found himself in a state of Uh, numbing he could have taken that drink earlier on and deadened some of the pain that he was in but the fact that he chose to feel that pain and to lean into um, being the atonement for us that is when I read that it just made me stop at my tracks to think that somebody You know, we think about him dying on the cross and what that meant for us, but to really think about the moment-by-moment pain that he suffered. And like you said, um, your dad often says that when he was on the cross, we were on his mind. And I don't know, this devotional has just made this thought so much clearer and maybe deeper for me. I know that uh, it's a time of year where we're coming into the new year, and You know, we all have these things that New Year's resolutions and things that we're going to maybe try to do different. But in the midst of that, there's still a lot of pain in our life that we are enduring. I think every one of us have pain at some level that we're dealing with. And as I look at Jesus wanting to 
be clear-minded while he was making atonement for the world, that just ministers deeply to me that he does understand the pain that we're in. He doesn't miss it. He doesn't miss a moment of our life where we struggle and where we suffer. And he uses our pain and suffering. He doesn't cause our pain or suffering. No, no. But he can use it. He can take something that is bad in our lives and use it for good, turn it into good. And it's not because he's punishing us. Like I said, he doesn't cause our suffering, but he entrusts us with suffering. It's because, you know, we're trustworthy. Maybe we're suffering something so that down the road we can relate to somebody or help somebody Mm -hmm. that's going through a similar situation as we did. Right. I think you're right. I think that um, it's hard to see. And it's what Lauren Arbogast talked about a few weeks ago when she was here. She talked about the messy middle. We don't know why we're going through it. We don't understand it. It confuses us, and we we hurt. And once we get a little further away from it, we can see, you know, that there is redemption even in the pain that we suffer. And also, uh, you were talking about a recent guest that we had had. I was thinking about um, a week or two back when we had Micah Branson on. Yeah. When we asked her what she was most thankful for, she said it was the thing that had caused her the most pain and grief because it's maybe the first time that she had dealt with unanswered prayer Mm. or maybe had given her a different perspective on suffering or a different perspective on hardship and and helped her when other people she had come in contact with who were suffering to relate to them better. Yeah. You know, none of us like to suffer. I mean, we would all like to escape that suffering, but I have been a witness to folks that maybe haven't had as much suffering you know maybe someone's been what they say born with a silver spoon in their mouth type of thing and I don't have anybody in mind right now of that but it is not in the good times when our character is tested and when our character is cleansed and it's in the times of suffering when we come face to face with life and that's when God does this work um, in our heart that causes us to get beyond it. And we look back and we go, man, I would not want to be the person I was before I went through that painful experience because during the suffering, it changed us. And if we're leaning into Christ, it should have changed us to be more like him. We can either get bitter or we can get better when the tough stuff comes. And I could be honest, I don't really like pain. (laughs) I don't want to suffer. I kind of fear pain. However, um, to not suffer and to not ever feel uh, disappointment doesn't really build the character that God requires us to have as believers. Right. Uh, Well, the Bible says if we suffer with him, we'll reign with him. But that doesn't mean we want any unnecessary suffering. Right. So to speak. Yeah. And I, you know, I think about suffering and we think of Jesus on the cross. We think of martyrdom. We think of people being burned at stake. And that's all true. That is suffering. And we never know what we'll face. But I think that there is a lot of suffering that happens in our life and We're just frustrated by our circumstances when it's truly suffering that God has allowed into our life to, sometimes I think we're tested. 
we certainly know that Peter was tested and the enemy said um, that he wanted to sift him like wheat. And there's suffering that comes into our life in all different forms. And uh, I know that our listeners today, every one of them have suffering. And it looks different for each one of us. My suffering looks different from yours. But nonetheless, um, we have things in our life that we have to trust God for, even when we don't know what the answers are. And uh, I know I'm reminded of in the Bible, it says that his power is uh, made most strong in our weakness. Right. Um, There he's able to get glory through our lives because where we are weak, he is strong. Yes. Yeah, that scripture is 2 Corinthians um, 12, 9. And it says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. As we, you know, Jesus had some, he suffered, um, and he knows how we feel. And as much as I'll never know how it felt to be on the cross and that type of suffering, I think that it's so important that we take a lesson from this suffering, uh, as we've talked about, that happens in this life. And not just chalk it up as, hey, we suffered, but allow that to help us to minister different to people. Like when Micah was here um, back a few weeks ago, and she talked about that we're all image bearers of Christ and how knowing that as we interact with folks, no matter how far away um, they might seem, God desires to inhabit them fully and to inhabit us as believers fully and in that knowing that as he suffered and can identify with the suffering that we have we too must realize that those around us although their lives may not look like it we all have suffering and as we come into the new year we have opportunities to lean into folks. We had talked uh, before the show a little bit about when Jason Tuggle spoke back a few weeks ago, and hopefully we'll get him on this show before long, um, but we were at an event with him, and he talked about how, you know, we have these places we minister in, in the church and in the home, and, and what's our third place? And um, so just being mindful of that, being out in the community and realizing those that walk around us, no matter where they're at, are definitely struggling. Yeah, and Pastor Margaret, as you were talking about, uh, you know, being image bearers that Micah had shared a few weeks ago, I was thinking about how um, the reason we're image bearers is because Christ came to live in us. Mm -hmm. And so... We're kind of reflecting his image, or hopefully he's shining through us and our actions wherever we go. And uh, I was thinking, I told you about recently I was at the gym, and I went in there, and it dawned on me. I remembered these invitation cards that we had handed out at church just as a way of inviting people in this recent Christmas season, as a way of inviting Mm -hmm. them, um, because during this time of year, People are the most receptive 
to coming to church. And I felt like I had missed my opportunity. Like, man, I should have stuck that in my pocket before I went into the gym. But I was thinking, well, no, it's not like the last time I'll be into the gym. And the new year kind of brings about reflection on Mm -hmm. the past year and looking forward to the future and to new opportunities and not wanting to miss opportunities to make the most of the opportunities each day that we're given. And Mm -hmm. I think we should do that no matter what time of year it is. Right. But the new year kind of is a way of bringing that to the forefront, so to speak, or kind of just reminding us that it's a new year, a new beginning, Mm -hmm. new opportunities. If we've missed opportunities in the past, we can't do anything about those. We can't get those back. All we can do is make sure that we don't make the same mistake in the future. That's exactly right. And, um, I know I've, I'm sure I've missed opportunities um, in this past year. And the last thing that I want to do is miss those opportunities that God has for us. And I think the way that that happens is uh, through staying in the Word and being still in His presence and um, listening for that still small voice in the midst of all the busyness that will come at us this year, leaning into him. And I have a prayer. Uh, I think you have a prayer too. And uh, I love this prayer. It's a classic prayer from um, St. Francis of Assisi. And this is something that I think really, it's something that I want to embrace in this coming year. And Um, For those that are listening, you know, I think we're always looking for, we want to make the world different. Uh, I think that's a a desire. It should be the desire for the believer. And so I just want to share this prayer with you all. And then, Grayson, I think you have one that you want to share too. But this is quite an old prayer. It is, Lord, make me a channel for thy peace, that where there is hatred, I may bring love. That where there is wrong, I may bring the spirit of forgiveness. That where there is discord, I may bring harmony. That where there is error, I may bring truth. That where there is doubt, I may bring faith. That where there is despair, I may bring hope. That where there are shadows, I may bring light. That where there is sadness, I may bring joy. Lord, grant that I may seek rather to comfort than to be comforted, to understand, than to be understood, to love, than to be loved. For it is by self-forgetting that one finds. It is by forgiving that one is forgiven. And it is by dying that one awakens to eternal life. Amen. And uh, I have a couple of prayers here from a devotional that my dad, Pastor Kerry, wrote. Um, The devotional is called The Boy Brings Joy, and he wrote it back in uh, 2010. It's a 31-day devotional for the month of December, and these prayers are from December 30th and December 31st. They both come uh, from the scripture verse or inspired by the scripture verse from Psalm 31:15 where it says, My future is in your hands. Uh, The first one is entitled, My New Prayer for God's New Year, Part 1. And the second one is Part 2. Almighty, personal God, loving Abba Father, you are our past, present, and future foundation. We absolutely adore you 
Your greatness is unrivaled. Your holiness is unmatched. We are grateful to you for the year that is fading fast and for the year that is rapidly rising. Help us in your new year, loving Abba Father, to worry less and to worship more. We desire to teach our children to laugh by laughing with them, to teach others to love and trust by loving and trusting them. We know that when you sent your love to Bethlehem's manger, he came so we could really know you. Yes, your love came to be with us, to reign in us, to flow through us. Help us in your new year to share your Son, your Spirit, and your everlasting love with others. We desire, loving Abba Father, to hear your love song in every sunrise, in the singing of birds in our backyards, in the stories of our parents and grandparents, and in the visions of our children. Help us to stop and to be still long enough and often enough to hear your love songs so that we may know you intimately, so be it. In Jesus' name, amen. And the second prayer. Almighty personal God, help us to grow together in the days ahead and to go serve in Holy Spirit unity. On this day, we rejoice in your word and in this world you loved personally into being. We are grateful to you for another new year for new opportunities on the horizon. We pray for your light and darkness, for your hope and seemingly hopeless circumstances. We desire to be your sent ones, reign within us, so we can effectively be light, go shine. Forgive us where we have lived beneath our inheritance as your children this past year. We leave the past in your hands and step out into the unknown new year, assured that you have already been in our future and will now go there with us, in us, and through us for your glory. We accept your gift of a new year and we praise your name in advance for what's ahead. We depend on you to help us be exactly who you want us to be your witnesses to your world. Yes, on this day you have made, I say, rejoice. And again I say, rejoice in the name of the one called Wonderful, Jesus our Savior. Amen. Amen. Those are wonderful words of encouragement and help us to reflect back and to look forward knowing that there's not a step that we'll take that the Lord will not be with us. Reminds me of Psalm 23 and such a, a comfort to us to know that um, he never leaves us or forsakes us. You know, last year at Christmas, uh, my mom became ill and it began a, a journey of um, staying at the house and helping to care for her and a lot of conversations um, with mom and dad over the last year and just hard to watch um, her suffer and lose her quality of life and to watch dad lose um, his mate, his soulmate. And so I wouldn't say that it was an extremely easy year. There was some suffering in all of that, but 
uh, as I look back, I just see where uh, the Lord brought so much healing for me personally, and I think for uh, my mom too, and just walk with her to the end of her life. And, you know, they say that this grief thing, um, you can't get away from it. And I know that I'm not the only one today that has grief. You've had lost Grayson in your life, and so has most everyone else listening. And, you know, things will come at us. I think about a few weeks ago, I was sitting in the sanctuary. Uh, we were singing um, Christmas songs, and my mom loved Christmas songs. We loved to sing, and in that moment, you know, it just hit me, and I lost, you know, I lost it. I had a time of grief, and that's okay. Those things are going to come, and we need to let them happen. It's healing, and no matter what we're going through, uh, there are times when we need to feel everything that is coming at us, and it doesn't mean that we have to be in the fetal position in a corner, but it's okay to feel that pain and let God heal it and know that he felt all of it for us. And we will come out of that, and we will be people that are able to understand and walk, maybe not fully what other people are going through, but we can identify with the pain that is so prevalent in this world. Well, as you were talking about your mother becoming sick last Christmas Mm -hmm. and then her passing away, um, just a couple months ago, I was thinking back to four years ago when my grandfather mm-hmm. passed away and how that was great loss for our family. Right. But we also knew that he wasn't suffering anymore. Right. And we had peace because we knew where he was at. Right. And we knew he was with Jesus in heaven. And uh, I was also thinking about uh, this holiday season at our church, Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene. We had something called a memorial wall right. where people could write the name of maybe a lost loved one, somebody that had passed away mm-hmm. in years past, just as a way of remembering them and um, honoring them, mm-hmm. so to speak. And so uh, as you were talking about your mother, I just thought about that. And her name's probably on our memorial It wall. is. It certainly is. Same as uh, is my grandfather, uh, Billy Willis. And uh, so, uh, I mean, the reason we have sorrow over those losses is because of the great memories that we had with those loved ones or those friends or those people. So, you know, it says that although there's sorrow at night, joy comes in the morning. That's right. Yeah, I did have that moment where I thought about on Sunday, really for the first time, that mom was worshiping with the Lord in heaven. And I was a little, you know, jealous of that in a moment. Um, But it was a beautiful thing, though, to have that hope and, you know, we want to leave our family with that hope. You know, we we have to make a decision for Christ in our life. Um, to not make a decision is to definitely make a decision. And, you know, for those listening, I would just encourage you from my own testimony of knowing the brokenness that I came from, that there is no life better than the life where Jesus Christ uh, lives in our heart. And so that is a great New Year's resolution to make him the Lord of your life and the Savior and the Lord of your life. So I would encourage I would encourage everyone who's maybe not made that decision to really contemplate that and um, enter in. He suffered um, so that we might have life and have life abundantly.
That's a great invitation, Pastor Margaret. And uh, not only is it a great time if you haven't accepted Christ yet, but also don't give up on your family and right. friends who haven't accepted him because it's not too late for them either. Right. And when you're thinking about those family members and maybe you're a little frustrated, go back to St. Francis of Assisi and reflect on that. You can Google that, actually. But reflect on that prayer and see if what is it that we bring into those relationships what are we bringing in are we being christ in those situations and that's something i have to i have to go back and lay the grid of that prayer over my own life and my relationships and see am i really doing those things and being christ-like and a sweet smelling aroma that would beckon people to take part in a relationship with him. Well, thank you, Pastor Margaret, and uh, thank you for joining us today for today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. Uh, we pray uh, God's greatest blessings over you and your family today and also over this uh, new year, and uh, we pray that you'll continue to join us on Front Porch Talks each Sunday on 1470 AM and 102.1 FM WBTX from noon till 1230. Thank you for listening, and may God bless. Front Porch Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Front Porch Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.